0: Go with D. I feel like Halo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a 3P. I don't just hop on a track. I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let like my mama tell it. Could have ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented. This a deep dive. In your headphones of a long drive. Up close and personal, just like you side. They ain't no out of bounds here. No offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now tuned in to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. It is the Going Deep podcast. We certainly will go deep in a different way. And for me, safe to say, I believe this will be one of, if not the most important episodes of Going Deep that we've done uh, thus far. And it's because I really saw an important piece of work. It was a PSA, but it was done like a piece of art, but not in a way that is entertaining. But informative. The voice you're about to hear is Trevor Linden. Now, we know him as an Olympian for this country, a decorated NHL player, but I believe what he's doing with this campaign is much more important. Take a listen.
1: I don't remember the hit, I remember everything leading up to it, but nothing after. He came from behind me. I didn't see it coming. I was hit in the side of the head. I remember being confused. My ears were ringing. It's hard to talk about. I still experience pain, mood swings. The headaches are debilitating. But this isn't my story.
2: It's mine.
0: And that's just the audio version. If you were able to see it with the benefit of the visuals It is even more compelling. It was done by YWCA Metro Van, Metro Vancouver. It launched earlier this year, and I haven't been able to get it or its message out of my head and my own bias as to what I assumed Trevor Linden was talking about and how it stopped me in my tracks when I realized what he was talking about and it's a conversation that we aren't talking about enough you know we talk about concussions all the time the last two decades we've seen hockey players and football players be great advocates in terms of changing our conversation and our behavior around concussions we take it much more serious in sports than we did when I was growing up as a kid and that level of seriousness and specificity has led to More research, new safety protocols, and a higher standard in the care of concussions. We'll juxtapose that with the fact that it's estimated that violence by an intimate partner causes more than 290,000 concussions among women, girls, and gender diverse people in the world, in North America, in Canada, every year. So to put that in perspective, for every one NHL cushion, it's estimated there are over 7,000 women who suffer from the same injury. But the conversation is lacking around that, which is why it's so important that this YWCA was able to partner with Trevor Linden. And he was able to lend his voice and his platform to the cause and to the conversation. So with this platform, I'm hoping to do the same. So I caught up with not only Trevor about his inclusion in the PSA and why the topic is striking to him. We also were joined by one of the many important people who are doing the work. Sholi Chowdhury is a transition housing manager at YWCA Metro Vancouver and she joins us as well. Let's go deep. So Trevor, I'll start with you, uh, because the video, the campaign starts with you. Uh, Sobering, honest, and real, and it builds empathy for you until it doesn't. And we understand who we're really talking about, and it really, one, checks our own biases as to how we view concussions and uh, these issues. Uh, For you, it's an intentional choice to be a part of uh, this campaign. Campaign. it was an intentional choice to shoot that video and audio which we heard earlier in the episode, the way uh, that it was done. What brought you uh, you know to this cause initiative and campaign?
1: Yeah, I think first off, it was just a opportunity to um, just to support a, a an in a very important cause, bring light to us uh, to a situation that is Needs to be talked about. It's not a nice thing to talk about. Intimate partner violence is something that's not often discussed. Um, I think women's equality, and, and um, you know, I think we think about that as, oh, that happens in Iran or that happens in, in in Afghanistan, but you know, it's in our backyard as well. And this is one example. So, um, and of course, the 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 number of you know, the fact is that for every one concussion in the NHL, there's 7,000 women suffer from intimate partner violence was, for me, staggering. It was it was quite uh, shocking to learn that. And um, it was just a really, I was just really honoured to be asked to be part of, uh, uh, you know, this message.
0: Well, when we talk about concussions in sport, whether it's hockey or football, the serious topics, an epidemic, we've changed our language, we've changed rules. We put stock on the back of sweaters, Yep. surely we don't have that conversation, that intention around, uh, you know, traumatic brain injuries for women, uh, for anyone in a relationship. Uh, Why do you think that is?
1: Well, I'll, I'll start. And I'm sure she always got, I mean, it's, it's amazing to think that, yeah, when we think of concussions, we think of, we think of the hockey because we live in Canada. and Hockey is a big part of our culture. So we think of that, you know, the hockey player getting concussed and, you know, the thing about, a, you know, the hockey player getting concussed is he's properly diagnosed by a doctor, a medical professional. Uh, he's got the proper aftercare to understand what he's going through, to manage him back to, to health. Um, the, the real sad part of the story is that um with 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 women and and specifically intimate partner violence is that they don't want to get you know it's hard for them to go to a doctor because they have to explain what happened or you know and that creates this other whole situation of what's going to happen to my children you know you know what's what are the ramifications of this with my partner um it, it, it it you know so they don't get properly diagnosed and they don't get the proper care Uh, that they need and uh, and and so they may not even know they're suffering from concussion Um, so there's so many debilitating symptoms it affects their ability to work um, which just creates this whole um, spiral effect of of challenges so uh, surely you must have you must want to add something to that I mean it's it's a it's a very difficult situation.
2: I mean you said a lot of things that are really right on the nose I mean there's doing this work has helped me realize just how much taboo there continues to exist around just intimate partner violence alone. Um, people don't know how to talk about it. People think it's much less prevalent than it is. People don't know how to address it. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a taboo. There's a stigma. There's a real fear of not only admitting that it's happening um, because then that's the first step. And then there's all of these other steps that follow that structurally aren't really easy for women and, um, So exactly what Trevor said is correct. Another reason that we don't see women um, talking about it is because, okay, so they've talked about it and then what? Can they access the supports that they need? If they go to a doctor, will they be able to explain what's going on without, like Trevor said, fearing for the safety of their children? Um, Will they be able to go to safe housing? Can they afford that? Are they economically in a place that they can do that? Um, what does access to medical care look like? Can they speak the language, right? There's, it becomes quite a nuanced and complicated um, path once you've decided to make that decision. And I think that's where the issue lies, right? Is that we haven't made it, we as a society, I think, haven't made it easy for women to admit that they need support and that they're in an abusive uh, relationship and they, they might want to leave um, because it's hard to know where to begin. And that's kind of the primary um issue that we've been seeing uh supporting a lot of survivors specifically survivors of um concussion and brain injury oftentimes they don't know themselves and you know what we see a lot of is women who are just generally stressed with everything else that they're going through and so they think you know some of the symptoms of concussion like brain fog or memory loss or an inability to like function to their best ability they just kind of think like oh i'm just stressed like it's something that'll pass but in reality you know that it's actually much deeper it requires a lot more care and requires it to be pushed out into the open it's, it's a difficult thing for people to talk about
0: it is and i suppose it's difficult for people to talk about it because it's not binary as many issues are for people uh, from equity deserving groups they're interconnected and systemic so you know naturally there's a mental health aspect of it, and potentially that's mm-hmm. why people stay in relationships. There's, you know, the housing aspect, the pay equity aspect of can you support yourself given the dynamics of a, a relationship. It, essentially, you know, many of the issues that women face, period, are factors in this very specific scenario. How many different? areas of the inequity of the modern-day women uh, impact the fact that so many women find themselves in these violent scenarios?
2: How many? Like, were you looking for like a, I guess, like, did you want me to outline potential barriers that women might face? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I only said how many like that, because I'm like, where to begin? Do you have a whole hour? yeah, it it there's so many. I mean, I work out of uh Vancouver and Vancouver has a very very deep and ongoing housing crisis. That's probably a number one barrier that we see, right? Um but it really there are there are many systemic factors that that affect a woman's ability to feel safe enough to make that decision. Um and it's I I'll get into the big ones, but what I find most interesting is the kind of small everyday things that people don't think about um, moving. So a woman's decided to move. How is she going to move from her house to a shelter? She has three kids. They all have things. They need to go to school. She has clothes. Maybe she has furniture. That means something to her. How is she going to take it if you don't have the money to Moving costs a lot of money. Um, you have to arrange for childcare for your children. Um, are they going to be in school when you move? Like, That's just kind of one example of just the number of barriers that women can face once they've decided to make this decision and that's once they've decided. Um, but yeah, financial, I've found that economically, I mean, economic reasons are a huge barrier to women being able to make that decision for themselves. Like pay inequity, like you mentioned, is one thing, but you, know, you add in, if a woman's a refugee or an immigrant, she's sponsored by her ex-husband, so she doesn't even have a permit to work in the country. Is she going to go? How's she going to work? How's she going to support her children in a housing crisis? Um, maybe she should not speak English. You know, um, we support Indigenous women who are unfairly, you know, have their children taken taken away at disproportionate rates. There's just there are a lot of things that get in the way of women accessing the supports that they really need. And you know, even going to a doctor, like what Trevor mentioned, was correct. If if a woman finds if a woman's doctor then you know puts two and two together but then there's the other side of it what if they're not believed right like what if no one believes that that if someone else did this to them so yeah it, it, i could speak um it take a lot of time speaking to it but that's what's come to mind initially
0: you know trevor i'm a former uh, university football player so i consider myself part of the Fraternity, and there was a couple of years ago, a rash of incidents of football players you know, committing domestic violence. And quite frankly, the only time we really talk about it as a group is when an athlete or celebrity uh, is doing it. it. How important is it for you know people, with public platforms, specifically athletes, male athletes like yourself who are considered strong, uh, to be strong with their voice uh, and, and shed light? on this issue in, a, in an act that I would, you know, would categorize as, as very weak.
1: Yeah, and I think that was part of my motivation is just that, you know, I have a six-year-old son and, and I want him to know that I care about women's equality and rights. And, 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 uh, and I think it's, you know, the, the commercial or, or the PSA is really impactful because people think, oh, it's Trevor Linden talking about his hockey career. And you know it's not, and 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 so it, it it connects with the male because hey I know that guy he played hockey and then it's like well that's not what it's about, um, and I think it it also I, the the outpouring I've received from from the message from all walks of life um, has been incredible and I think the most one of the most impactful messages I got was from a friend who has teenage sons and. She was like, you know, it's so hard to have meaningful conversations with my teenage boys, but this was like a layup because, you know, we watched it together and we talked about it. We, you know, so, you know, we talked about what intimate partner violence is and what it's about, what it looks like. And um, I think that's a good starting point that we teach our, our boys and certainly that it's not a, it's, you know, that, that it's out in the open. And then women talking to their teenage girls about what that looks like. because I think a lot of women, whether you've been a victim of intimate partner violence or not, you've probably been at some point been afraid. Uh, you maybe you haven't you know, and and that is in itself is a real message that that you know that it's it's it it shouldn't happen. It can't happen. We've got to change this narrative that we're seeing. And as Shoy just outlined, I mean, boy, you think about women that are in this spiral and you just can't get out. Like, how do you get a better, how do you stop this? And it's su- such a courageous uh, step to take, um, uprooting your entire life. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm really proud to, to partner with the YWCA. I mean, they do such amazing work for for women across this country and their families and um, it's a such important work that it's uh that it's been a real this collaboration has been special for me.
0: You mentioned your young boy. i have one that's a little bit younger, so I'll ask you for the the playbook. Yeah, I, I can't
1: give what? that to you, Donovan. I wish I could
0: <laughs> well in, in this case what what did you say to him what what conversations? you know happened potentially pre this video and, and maybe even more importantly after it
1: you know what i think i think you know he's five he's turning six this summer so he's pretty young but like even just um even with him talking about you know we'll be like he asked me the other day hey he loves he loves C- city of vancouver the workers because they have cool stuff they have tools and shovels and diggers and he says and he asked me the day if if he said, can girls be city of Vancouver workers? I said, of course, Roman. I mean, like, you know, like, of course they can. I mean, they're they're excellent truck drivers and, you know, but it's even, and even, you know, with my wife, just, you know, showing him what equality looks like in our house, you know what I mean? And talking about the cool stuff that mom does and, and, but really being aware that, you know, not, you know, putting gender specific things on certain titles or what people do. And, and so, um, you know, those are all things that, that, you know, a generation I'm 53. So, I mean, it looks very different today than it did 30 years ago. So I want him to understand that, you know, you know, women they're they are, they are equal. I mean, they, they, you know what I mean? And, and that, that, the dad it sees that and I want him to learn that. So, um, so that's probably the biggest takeaway for me.
0: So totally. when we historically have had these conversations, so much of the emphasis has been put on the victim, how you alleviate the scenario, how you get out of it, uh, what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. How important is it to certainly provide resources and information, uh, for women, but also make sure we're raising and cultivating young men who aren't. Perpetrating uh, violence against their partners.
2: I mean, that's the that's the whole other that's the other hat side of the coin, right? Um, what Trevor said speaks to me very deeply because, from what we know, what research shows us about research against women, why it's so prevalent, is because we have had historically imbalanced gender roles, right? Um, we have previously, and in some societies, in some places, continue to accept that. Um, men are superior to women, if that's in the workplace or at home, privately, publicly. Um, you know that has been historically understood as the truth. and that has led, as we know that that's a deep that's the deep undercurrent as to why violence against women, in my opinion and the opinion of esteemed colleagues and researchers, violence against women exists and persists. And so I think. Having a holistic understanding of equality and equity is is sometimes the only way that I feel hopeful about, um, you know, the future and the safety of women and the safety of people in general. Because when we're teaching people to be nonviolent and to see people as equals and to understand people for who they are, it it benefits them in the long run as well, right? Um, I think it's deeply important. I think that. In my opinion, very, very few um, men, arguably, I would argue almost none are born abusive. Um, people are not born abusive, but people can become abusive. And it's because they are learned characteristics, they are learned traits. Um, and the deepest one is that women are inferior. Um, and so that, so men can control them in, in various aspects and various ways. And so I think that earlier we talked to both men and women and everyone else in between about um you know the fact that that's simply not the case a and b the world might tell you that's the case and you have to work really hard against it right i mean the thing about teaching young boys is if you know if everyone was a father like trevor or you know everyone was able to do that at home that'd be one thing but what can be scary is that the world out there hasn't always it hasn't quite caught up um so the more we do it, the better, you know, it's I do think it starts in the home. I think it starts small, but I think it's extremely important um, for for everyone's safety, right? Like, and I'm talking emotional, physical safety, safety of society, just generally, yeah. It,
0: it's not lost on me that both of you throughout this conversation has referenced the research and you know, whether it's in sports or in business, what doesn't get measured doesn't get done. Solely, where are the gaps in the research? Uh, you know, where can we benefit from more knowledge, more understanding to understand the problem, to be able to solve it? And you know, where can we benefit from, quite frankly, more resource?
2: Yeah, the research is not nearly as developed or as extensive as it could be, um, and. Specifically with this campaign, that was one of the reasons we wanted to do this campaign was because, you know, we bounce at, well, like at the YWCA, we do a lot of work with a lot of different issues. We try to tackle a number of things, but we really wanted to tackle something that we felt has been under-researched because it is misunderstood, but but we see it cropping up so much, you know, and one of the things that more research helps is is not only does it help, like, medical professionals and practitioners be able to, like, and diagnose and support and help heal people. Um, It also helps women and support workers, frontline workers, know what they're looking for. Um, You know, I've had women come to me and tell me their symptoms, and I wish I knew more. I wish I could point them in the right direction. I wish I could say this is potentially, you know, a symptom of a brain injury or a concussion, you should go get that checked out and have the faith that they'll go to someone and the person who they go to will be able to know what they're dealing with, right? um but yeah research into concussions as a result of IPV is extremely limited um and more money like just more funding towards that research um funding is obviously a huge part of it as we know that's just a reality but the other part of it is like a if there's a desire to research something I do believe it'll get done you know and I think we're just now coming to a terms and an understanding that this is something that requires research we need to know how does this happen what is the extent to which this happens what sorry you know what happens after um you know that's that's kind of one of our big asks from this campaign is we want more research done because even when we were trying to look for statistics it wasn't easy you know we have i have anecdotal like i basically my frontline workers basically do anecdotal research you know, I know the numbers are there, I know the women are there, but we couldn't find we couldn't find what we were looking for because it hasn't been researched the way that we wanted to. And then finally we were able to because some people are doing some really important work, but it was hard. It was quite the it was quite the journey. So
0: Trevor, you had a baseline understanding of the issue, obviously, which is why you were willing to be a part of it. But I wonder What have you learned anecdotally or otherwise going through the process?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Donovan, I've learned like I initially I was like, oh, you know, for every, you know, just the, the, you know, the numbers are staggering and you think, oh, concussion. Yeah. And but it's just the it's the all the it's just the the spiral effect of of what that means, you know, and just how. I think how, and Sholy's explained it so well, just, it's just how trapped women can be and must feel in these situations where they can't change, you know, it's so hard for them to change, um, their, their situation. And, um, so they need the support, they need the help, they need the funding, um, uh, to change their situation. And you talk about our kids, you know, and, and, you know, getting kids out of those dysfunctional, abusive situations must is so, so important um, that they can learn a better way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a, definitely an eye-opener for me. Um, and, you know, obviously, I certainly understand the effects of concussion. I've seen it. I've seen how debilitating it it, it can be for players. I actually thankfully well earlier in my career there's no such thing as concussions and then there later there was concussions and I've never really suffered a concussion but I've seen it firsthand what it's done to teammates and friends and you know the the challenges that it's presented so um, I can only imagine for someone who doesn't have the resources and is stuck in a situation and trying to provide for their kids and their their family and and you know it's just so challenging
0: surely for those people who are in that scenario and might be listening to this or someone who knows them is listening to this what can they do what are the resources that are at their disposal that they might not even know uh exist how can they um, reach out and find some support
2: I mean, um, I guess it would be listener dependent on where you're located. I imagine you have listeners from all of us. Um, for me, the advice that I give women, um, start small. You know, it, it can be difficult to just even talk about. If you can find one trusted friend, a friend of a friend, a family member, um, talk to them. Tell them what you're going through. If that doesn't feel doable, that's also okay. Sometimes it's hardest to go to the people that we love and know the most. Um, but there are resources. You know, I I work in Vancouver and so I have a whole host of Canadian and Vancouver resources that I could spew out. Um, the YWCA is an, an, a nationwide organization that is truly um, an incredible landing pad. It's, it's a great resource for women who are just looking for an ear or just looking for some support I really believe in the work that we do um, because we do so much work in so many different aspects we have a really holistic set of services but ultimately what our workers what the people that work for the YWCA do is they're just they're trained to believe and support women so that's number one but yeah I mean there are there are helplines that you can call there are women's um, support agencies there are transition houses you know there aren't as many as there could be but they are around and Canada wide there we're we're doing quite well it's it's pretty location dependent you know I if you're in a city it, it's easier to access resources than if you're in a rural area so it does kind of depend on the demographic of your listeners but my 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 number one advice is find one person that you can trust that you feel comfortable talking to Um, because if you start small, you'll find that talking about it actually can lead you to some, you know, some desire to want to pursue further further actions.
0: That's great advice. Trevor, I know you've had great highs both at the NHL and Olympic level, but I do truly believe uh, your greatest victory might be the legacy from the visibility that uh, people get from you being a part of this campaign and surely you know the work that you and the ywca do it's, it's badly needed you're literally angels on earth and i know it's not easy so thank you so much uh, for doing it and thank you so much for spending your time uh, to share with our audience thanks donovan appreciate it thanks surely
2: thank you so much for your time and questions
0: I hope you got as much from that as I did. If someone you know could benefit from hearing the conversation, please pass it along to them. And uh, we want to pass along this resource, whether you're someone who personally needs it or you aren't, but you can share it and maybe within your sphere of influence, someone might find it. The microsite for that PSA and... The site where you can get much more information, including resources, services, events, is MyConcussionStory.com. You can find the links in our show notes. Thank you for listening.